This is In Focus from Control Risks, the global specialist risk consultancy. Each episode of In Focus brings you in-depth analysis and perspective from a different corner of our global network of experts. everyone, and thank you for tuning in. I'm Angela Mancini, partner at Control Risks, and I head the Asia-Pacific markets. Here with me today is Andy Gilholm, our global issues lead for Asia-Pacific. And today we're discussing Asia's geopolitical dynamics and some of the key big picture issues that are keeping our clients awake at night. Let's go ahead and get started. Andy, what do you see as the key themes in Asia as we head into 2022? If you explore our risk map content this year, you'll see our key themes include some ESG issues, risks arising from fragile states and cybersecurity. If we're thinking about the the really fundamental long-term trends that are reshaping the business landscape here in Asia, there's probably still no bigger or more enduring source of uncertainty than good old-fashioned geopolitical risk. And that's certainly driven by policy settings that have become more, not less entrenched in 2021. And also the fallout from COVID drags on and sustains supply chain insecurity. And on a less tangible level too, the past two years of abnormality and upheaval seem to have gotten people and governments and businesses used to greater isolation. And China stands out here going into 2022, sticking to its zero COVID strategy. And its president hasn't left the country since January 2020. But we feel it across the region to varying degrees. And it's coinciding with the the populist nationalist policy trends in parts of Southeast Asia. And also unfamiliar uncertainties about international movement and living even in Asia's globalization hubs of Singapore and in Hong Kong. And all of these things have combined on on different levels to make the idea of significant decoupling or deglobalization seem somehow less distant now, I think, and importantly, maybe less daunting for some than it seemed just a year or two ago. And you can feel that in policy circles, especially in, in Beijing, where this reckoning started earlier than elsewhere. You can even hear an argument, for example, now that Australia's experience with China trade disruption shows that these things are bearable and and tolerable, although some Australians in the commodity sector might disagree with that. In academic debates about comparisons with the Cold War over the years, there's often been three big distinctions drawn between U.S.-Soviet relations then and the U.S.-China relations now. And one of those is economic interconnectedness. There's also the the lack of an ideological competition in the U.S.-China case and the lack of competing blocks or spheres of influence. Going into 2022, those distinctions are still there in relative terms, but all three of them are getting less clear now. You brought up U.S.-China relations, which, as we know, is something that weighs heavy on the minds of businesses, governments, and individuals all across Asia. How do you think U.S.-China dynamics is going to play out in 2022, and is it still going to be as critical as before? 
it's become a bit of a cliche to flag US-China dynamics and technology competition, decoupling questions, but these are still really crucial issues that have kept playing out before our eyes in, in 2021, and they'll loom large again over 2022, with Asia, of course, really on the front lines of this. And nobody's quite certain where it's all going. So most businesses are understandably still figuring out what exactly to, to do about it, or less understandably, in a few cases, maybe just hoping for a return to what we once called normal, which isn't coming back. A year ago in uh, RISMAP 2021, we forecast that the change in government in the US would dull the sense of disruption, if you like, from escalating US-China tensions. But we also warned that that would be just relative respite and a superficial stabilization because the underlying drivers and trajectory wouldn't change. And we also warned that a feature of 2021 would be third countries being increasingly drawn into this US-China competition. And on both counts, that's pretty much uh, been the story of the past year. We no longer have overnight executive orders or Twitter diplomacy from the White House, but I think it would be a big mistake to consider that uh, peak geopolitical disruption arrived and passed with Donald Trump. Although both the US and China now issue decoupling as an explicit aim, and there's very mixed evidence of where and how far decoupling is actually happening. This was never going to be a question of decoupling or not. It's a messy partial process and it's got an unclear endpoint, but the trend is very real and 2021 really brought that home. Uh, trade data, FDI data, global holdings of stocks and bonds, they all still show China and Asia as central as ever to an interconnected global economy. But we've also seen more evidence of divergence in certain areas, particularly in technology, of course. And we saw companies still grappling with dilemmas about what role China and other markets will play in their global strategies long term and supply chains, including short term. We've also seen several countries besides the US taking actions towards China that simply wouldn't have happened a few years ago from the AUKUS submarine deal and growing quad cooperation to more critical public stances by several countries on some very sensitive issues for China, um, as well as Australia, India and Japan have been getting less cautious about cooperation in response to China. South Korea might lean further in that direction as well if their conservatives win the presidential election coming up in March. And some Southeast Asian leaders seem keen for ASEAN to get a little more assertive too. This is being driven partly by uh, increased US efforts under President Biden to mobilize allies. But above all, it's really been driven by China, which remains absolutely central to geopolitical flux in this region. And of course, central to economic growth as the main engine for that again in in 2021. Okay, talk to us about China. How pivotal is China, its policies and directions to the rest of the world and especially to Asia? And that brings us to maybe the single biggest question for the region in 2022, which is China's direction in a hugely consequential year 
which to an extraordinary degree centers on one man, Xi Jinping, and will have consequences regionally and globally. Uh, a year from now, he'll be uh, marking a decade in power. And based on what we heard from the Communist Party plenum last week, he'll be entering another one. And that big question that I mentioned is all about what he does next, because in 2021, he's shown a bigger appetite for risk. On the global stage, we've seen this very assertive diplomacy provoke more backlash than ever. Some would say it's backfiring even. Yet so far, he hasn't really changed tack. And at home, he's cracked down on, on multiple fronts, uh, clipping the wings of some of China's biggest private companies, tackling financial and real estate sector risks, even at the cost of a potentially sharp slowdown, and tackling environmental issues at the cost of the recent energy crisis. And essentially, he seems to be taking these short-term risks to reduce long-term risks or to move on long-term goals. And that big question again is whether in 2022 he's going to double down on that or rather dial it down. So 2022 could really be a catalyst either way. He could ease off for the sake of stability or he could intensify his efforts with a renewed mandate and this sense of historical urgency that seems to drive him at times. And some of that depends on whether this is a very self-aware, calculated risk-taking or involves a degree of hum hubris. And we're just not sure yet what the mix is there. Certainly past assumptions about Beijing's pragmatism would suggest um, that there'll be an easing for stability, but Xi Jinping has at times rewritten past assumptions and uh, forced us to rewrite some of ours as well for growth and disruption going forward. And finally, China, I think, um, is a good example of how these big picture geopolitical and political trends are really crucial, but they only get you so far because the impact on businesses differs hugely uh, by time frame, by sector, how strategic or how sensitive it is, uh, by whether you're talking about manufacturing or sourcing or selling or investing into these markets. The impacts can even vary hugely among projects and, and between products. So the challenge remains combining that macro understanding and micro perspective across a full range of risks and risks relative to each other and relative to opportunities and applying that to build better strategies and a more resilient business. So to sum up, U.S.-China dynamics, technology competition, and decoupling are still critical issues that will loom large again in 2022, especially in Asia. China remains central to Asia's geopolitical flux and to its economic growth. And as Andy has said, the biggest question for the region in 2022 is China's direction in a hugely consequential year, which largely centers on Chinese President Xi Jinping. Finally, while big picture geopolitical and political trends are really crucial, their impact on businesses differs hugely by time frame and sector. The challenge for companies remains combining the macro and micro perspectives across a full range of risks so as to better build strategies and a more resilient business. Thank you very much, Andy, for this discussion. Thank you again. If you enjoyed what you heard on this episode of In Focus, make sure to subscribe wherever you listen. 
And be sure to subscribe to our other podcasts as well, such as The Global Insight, our fortnightly panel discussion exploring the impact of the most pressing issues on global business. All of our podcasts are available wherever you listen. Just search Control Risks. You can follow all of our analysis and find out how we are helping businesses build organizations that are secure, compliant, and resilient by visiting controlrisks.com.